Chapter Twenty Four of the Pleasures of Ignorance. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Annie Hill. The Pleasures of Ignorance by Robert Lind. Chapter Twenty Four On Seeing a Joke. Almost any man can make a joke, but it sometimes requires a clever man to see one it is said that a scotsman jokes we difficulty what we really mean is that it is often difficult to see a scotsman's jokes or even to know whether he is joking or being serious as a matter of fact the scots are an unusually humorous race they make jokes however with the long faces of undertakers and one is sometimes afraid to laugh for fear of appearing frivolous on a solemn occasion i have in mind one brilliant scottish professor who whether he is jocular or serious invariably monologizes in the tones of a man condoling with a widow he half shuts his eyes and folds his hands and for the first minute or two takes an evil delight in leaving you in doubt whether he is launching into a tragic narrative or whether he was suddenly look up through his spectacles and expect to see you laughing his English friends are in a constant state of embarrassment because they know that he is a humorist of genius. But his humor is so subtle that they do not trust themselves to see the point when it comes and laugh at the right place. Now there are only two things that can make the professor look sterner than he looks while giving birth to a joke. One is if you laugh too early. The other is if the great moment comes and you don't laugh at all. He makes no complaint, but he sits back in his chair looking like an embittered owl. And everybody else in the room has a sense of ghastly failure. His own failure, not the professor's. To miss seeing a joke is, in some circumstances, far worse than to miss making the point of a joke visible. If one were in the position of a Queen Victoria, one might, of course, quench the professor by merely saying, We are not amused. But even Queen Victoria, when she said this, did not mean that she had not seen the joke, but that she had seen it and didn't like it. It is not only the subtle and Scottish jokes, however, that are at times difficult to see with the naked eye. There is also the joke that hits you in the eye like a blow and blinds you. Captain Wedgwood Ben referred to a joke of this kind in the House of Commons on the authority of Mr. Stephen Gwynne. A judge of the Irish High Court, he related, was recently travelling on a tram which was held up by black and tans. The black and tans, who, like the most high, are no respecters of persons, called on the judge to descend, using the quaint colloquial formula, Come down, you Irish bastard! Put up your hands! Captain Wedgwood Ben does not, unfortunately, possess a twentieth-century sense of humour and he did not see this particular joke. The comedy of a judge's being addressed as an Irish bastard did not strike him. I doubt if half a dozen members of the House of Commons realized the beauty of the joke till Sir Hamar Greenwood got up and explained it. I happen to know the judge, said the twinkling chief secretary. He told the story himself with great glee, and here it is. Mr. Justice Wiley, the last, and one of the best judges appointed in Ireland, was riding on a tram-car to a hunting-meet. When he got to the end of his ride, 
there were some policemen on duty and they did use a word which i trust no honourable member of this house will ever use in calling him down from the tram they did him no harm he treated it as a joke and he would be the man most surprised to find it quoted in the house and in the observer as an example of the decadence of the irish police i agree with sir hamar a joke is a joke and many irishmen unlike mr justice wiley are unduly thin-skinned the only criticism i would make on sir hamar greenwood's idea of a joke is that he appears to suggest that it would have been less funny if the black and tans had done the judge some harm i should have expected him rather to dilate on the attractions of life in the irish police force for men with a sense of humour suppose the judge had been robbed of his watch or had had his front teeth broken with the muzzle of a revolver like the university professor at cork would not that have made the incident still funnier suppose he had been carried round as a hostage on a motor lorry or shot with a bucket over his head as has happened to other innocent men would it not have been a theme for Aristophanes, who got so much fun out of the idea of one person's being beaten in mistake for another i am confident that distinguished englishmen will behave in the spirit of mr justice wiley when there is an outbreak of humour among the english police mr justice darling will no doubt enjoy himself hugely on the day on which an armed policeman first holds up his motor-car and addresses him allo you blasted old bolshevik come off the perch and quick about it and put up the idden and there are some judges who would complain to the home office if such a thing happened to them mr justice darling however has a keen sense of humour i feel certain that on arriving in court after his experiences he would tell the story with great glee he would turn up his face sideways as he does when he is amused and say to the jury a most amusing thing happened to me this morning by the way there is no end indeed to the directions in which a police force saturated with the grinwoodian sense of fun might add to the gaiety of nations they might arm themselves with squirts and laughing cabinet ministers would have to duck as they passed down the white hall in order to avoid a drenching pluffing peas at the bishops on their way to the house of lords would also be good sport so long as they did not really hurt any of them to bash the lord chancellor's hat over his eyes would be going too far as it involves a money loss but a harmless blow on the crown with a bladder would be rather amusing it would also be amusing if a number of policemen were told off to greet mr lloyd george with cries of welch attorney and to chaff him with genial scurrilities on his arrival at the house if these things happened there are killjoys i know who would immediately set up a clamour for the restoration of discipline in the police force mr lloyd george however has always been a man who can not only make a joke but take one and i am sure that he at least would defend the democratic right of the policeman to a bit of chaff nor would i confine the right of chaff to the police force i would make it universal i should like to see it introduced into the church itself even the dullest sermon would become entertaining if the verger had the right and the habit of interpolating such remarks as cheese it pussyfoot or ring off you bleedin old boar ring off there has been too little of this sort of popular raillery in recent years the bus drivers used to be the past masters at it 
poking their quiet fun impartially at their fellow drivers and ordinary citizens whether it is that the drivers of motor-buses realize that no joke could be heard above the din or whether it is that they feel as ill-tempered as they look their arrival has made fatal inroads on the geniality of london an artist with uncut hair can still awaken a spark of the old wit if he goes down a back street and a woman and children will revive for his benefit the venerable witticism get your hair cut but generally speaking there has been a notable decline in the humours of insult within living memory the germans always fond of a joke made an effort to revive it during the war it was a common thing for them we are told on capturing a prisoner to address him as schweinhund or verdammt engländer or by some other good-humoured phrase of the same kind i regret to say that some englishmen were so deficient in the sense of humour that instead of taking this in the spirit in which it was offered they bitterly resented it i cannot indeed recall a single instance of an englishman who properly appreciated the joke of being called a schweinhund by a man he had never seen before you will seek in vain throughout the literature of prisoners of war for a returned soldier who tells the story of the names he was called with the glee that it deserves and yet no doubt the germans enjoyed the joke thoroughly and would have been surprised to find it quoted in the observer as an example of the decadence of the german army perhaps however the schweinhund joke does not afford an entirely fair comparison it is a simple joke whereas the greenwood joke there are two elements there is the element of insult and there is the element of mistaken identity it is not merely that somebody or other was called you irish bastard but that the wrong person was called you irish bastard thus if a policeman addressed a woman in oxford street in the words oppet you old bitch it would only be mildly funny if the woman were a poor woman but it would be immensely funny if she turned out to be a marchioness the marchioness no doubt would be enchanted and would tell the story with great glee if she were a sentimentalist she might say to herself is this really the way in which ordinary human beings are treated by the police this is a hideous state of affairs in which bullies in uniform are allowed to address foul insults to whom they please thank heaven it's happened to someone like me now i can tell the home secretary and he will put an end to the whole system one never knows what a modern home secretary might do but i doubt if one could be found who would reply to the marchioness well he did you no harm you know to me it all seems rather funny and yet most things have their funny side if you look on them in the right spirit it would have been a funny thing if the hangman had executed the wrong prisoner instead of crippen the hanged man would not have seen the joke but impartial onlookers would have seen it and crippen would have seen it similarly if a drunken man threw a brick at his wife and hit the missionary by mistake who could help but laughing even the wife if she had a sense of humour would have to join in oversensitive souls such as shelley was might view the incident with pain and mourn over a world in which human beings treated each other in such a way but life is a hard school and it is not well to be oversensitive after all if we all became angels there would be no jokes left we should have no clowns in the music halls no comic boxing turns with glorious thumpings on unexpecting noses 
heaven is a place without laughter because there is no cruelty in it no insults and no accidents as for us we are children of earth and may as well enjoy the advantages of our position so let us laugh ha ha let us laugh ho ho the world is so full of a number of things i'm sure we should all be as happy as kings and never was it so full of a number of things as since a coalition government came into power queer delightful things for instance like policemen who call judges bastards as who should say cheerio old thing our grandfathers would not have seen that joke this is one of the things that convince me of the reality of progress End of chapter 24